Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the State Out <laughs> Podcast. Today we got on uh, Danny, Hunter, and myself, and we also have a special guest, Bishop Bino. Yeah, man. Yes, sir. Hey, yo. What's up, man? Glad to have is, you on, man. Yeah, this is the boy that made it happen, you know, helped us out producing yes, and everything. Uh, met him at work. We are fellow trainers. We knew each other before that, but, you know, yeah, got to talking, you know. A little networking it can be a big <laughs> stepping stone for sure yes sir we yeah, appreciate your help though for real oh no worries no worries i I'm can't stress that out. yeah so uh what's your story well man wherever you'd like to start sheesh i can go back to 2009 man i started out recording videos on my cell phone mm. um i was doing like uh highlight tapes for the uh, varsity basketball team i wanted to hoop real bad but i was kind of too short i was only like five three <laughs> Yeah. So Damn. they put me on the freshman B team. Jeez. So I had to sit through all the games before I could get back on the bus. And instead of just being bored, man, I'm like, you know what? Let me just record some stuff because varsity was going off. I'm talking alleys, threes, everything. <laughs> Damn. So I started recording and I showed the coach and he was kind of, he kind of brushed me off. Like, man, get away from me fresh. I don't want to <laughs> see all that. We got work to do, you know, but then I started putting it together and giving it to the players. And a lot of people were able to send off uh, tapes to their colleges and stuff oh, like damn. that. I actually have a homie, shout out to Dominique Flynn. Uh, he got accepted to, I think, three or four colleges just off that one tape. And uh, we were able to not only send it off, but then he got a job as well based on that same tape. So it was pretty dope. Job as a coach or? As or a coach. Man, okay. It's crazy. He, I what level? he works in uh, Arkansas at a university. Oh, dope. Yeah, okay. it's pretty dope. It's damn. Cool. Damn. So what is your videographer? Is that what you would consider yourself? I'm a videographer. I'm a uh, photographer, audio engineer. I'm a Bino, man. Yeah, let's go back to that. What does that stand (laughs) for? Bino Uh, Bino stands for Blessed Individual Numerous Occupations. Got it. Okay. So I'm kind of a conglomerate. I'm all over the place. And then Bishop stands for what again? Bishop is just a name that they gave me because I grew up in the church. Okay. So they put it together. Everybody had a Bino name in the group that I was in, a creative group. Uh, called them Binos. Okay. So uh, I had uh, Bishop Bino. That was me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Them Binos. Them Binos. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. And you're from Texas, correct? From Texas, Texas. man. Born and raised. Okay. Yeah. okay. What part of Texas? Houston, Texas. Oh, Houston. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. like the more more city, like Dallas, almost. Or? Yeah. Houston yeah. and Dallas are kind of like a little, a little similar. A little similar. Kind of okay. a rivalry as well. Yeah. Too. Okay. <laughs> really? So where did videographing is that a word? Videographer. Okay. Where did where did it take you? It took me to um, a lot of different places. Actually, when I got to college, I got connected with a group called Crooked Straight, and they were all over the place doing like modeling and stuff like that. That we had a group with. It had models. It had different creatives, producers, you know, audio engineers, um, and we just started doing videos all over campus. So uh, when they would have like talent shows and stuff like that, they'd just hit us up in a group message. They're like hey, we got this event going on. We don't want everybody to show up. So I was able to just create content and post it. And that ended up taking me to different gigs like uh, graduation shoots, different um, different events that were happening on different college campuses. So I was able to travel a little bit, you know, doing that and keeping my camera around me. But mostly it took me back to the church where I grew up at, you know, and it took me to um, starting a company with live streaming, going around okay. doing sound, different things like that. Yeah. Oh, good. How did you learn all this from YouTube or like you went to school? YouTube University. Yeah. <laughs> YouTube University. Same thing. Um, 
learning instruments. I never really had uh, my first instrument was piano. Okay. Never really had a piano teacher, but I looked at YouTube all the time and I would just watch what people were doing and going from learning how to play piano to learning how to change different EQs on mics and learning how to uh, set up camera settings and things like that, learning what gear I should have, how to set lighting, how to yeah. get skin tones correct, all yeah. those different things I learned from YouTube. That's pretty dope. Shit. I was low-key gibberish, but yeah, <laughs> yeah so, EQs and all that shit. Yeah, so you said that you started a company with it? Yeah, I started a company, Beano Way LLC, okay. based out of Texas. Do, do you still have it? I still have okay, it. Okay, cool. I, I got to pay my taxes, but don't tell me. <laughs> yeah. right, so what does the company consist of? Um, Really, it's just ran by me, whatever I need to do. I set it up to, so that I could be exactly who I am. Mm -hmm. Different things, graphic design, you know, um, audio engineering, all that good stuff, just doing whatever I need to do. I didn't set it for just one thing because I knew that was so much that was inside of me and I had such a great vision, you know, so I wanted it to be very broad. I didn't want it to just be one thing. Yeah. And what is your vision? My vision is to have my own studio set up. Uh, I want to be able to travel and uh, set up live um, concerts, different okay. events, stuff like that. I want to have my own gear where people can rent it out if they need to. Um, I want to have a multitude of cameras, man. That's one of my biggest yeah. thing. I, I'm looking forward to getting a, a Black Magic Pocket Cinema. That's probably a foreign language right now. But <laughs> yeah, the creatives is. out there, they know, you know, that's like a 6K camera. So, oh, damn. man, it, it doesn't take much work. It makes it a lot easier. So yeah. I definitely want that. I want my business to go to a level to where I can stop working. That's mm -hmm. the biggest thing. You know, yeah. I wanted to make money for me while I'm sleeping. You yeah. Know? So, yeah, that's facts. the goal, bro. Dude, I've, I've gone to some concerts and I've seen the video productions. Like, I've sat behind, like, you know, the center stage? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've sat behind one of those and it, it looks so bizarre just seeing all their fucking, like, Jeez. their controls and how many cameras they have set up. And I've seen those, like, big-ass fucking ones they use at, like, uh, like sports events and shit. Yeah, yeah. Those shits are crazy. Production TV production. Yeah. 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 Those shits are crazy. I think that would be pretty cool. Like a cool place to take it if I were in your shoes. Yeah, yeah. I, that, I, that's, that would be like some inspiration for me. Most yeah. definitely. Seeing it from, definitely. from the back. What do you shoot for? It's like small companies or like... So right now I do live streaming for churches. Okay. Um, I help people set up things and, you know, grow their video and yeah. their media. So... That's the main thing that I'm focusing on right now, helping churches get to where they can stream. Because like going through the pandemic, a lot of churches fell off because they were not able to reach their people because they couldn't come out. Yeah. You know, so the thing that I was driving was let me help you set up your live stream. Let me help you get something that's tangible for people on their cell phones, on their laptops, on their computers, yeah. um, you know, having Facebook and YouTube and all this. And this is actually, believe it or not, it was a foreign language to a lot of churches because you have a lot of older people there mm -hmm. and they really don't know that they need that. They're yeah. thinking, you know, the regular congregation where we come in on Sunday morning is the only way, but it's a lot more to it. You know, the younger generation, sometimes we don't want to get out of bed. Sometimes we want to just pick up our phone and we want to watch church online if we have yeah. to. You know, even sports events, sometimes we don't want to go out. We don't want to buy the ticket. You know, and having it on television is the best thing. And I look at churches the same way. You should be able to have it accessible to you at any time yeah. because that recording doesn't go away. It just, once we record it, it's there. It's in the cloud or it's on your YouTube, it's on your Facebook, so you can access it at any time. Yeah, I think there was a big force toward doing that for churches during COVID. Because oh, yeah. during COVID, people couldn't go to church, mm. so that they're kind of forced to... Well, Put it on TV, you know. Yeah, they were doing yeah. a lot of Zoom too, huh? Yeah, a lot of Zoom. 
and that's that, crazy. that was one of the things that I um I did I think I did a master class on how to set up Zoom and how to use all the functions because Zoom has a lot more than just meeting it has yeah. like where you can go into separate rooms mm -hmm. you can ask yeah. questions you can actually raise your hand on zoom too and yeah. a lot of people don't know that you know <laughs> yeah. but once you dive into the program and actually learn what it is then that's when you're able to share it and you know you're able to get the fullness of it yeah how was it running that program teaching people how to use zoom um it was like pulling teeth for some <laughs> believe it or not man there's a lot of people that are just not tech savvy yeah. You know, yeah they need somebody to set it up for them and they just sit there and then once it's done okay come turn it off mm. you know <laughs> yeah but, but once you get into it and you know you be patient with people i feel like that's the biggest thing when you have to teach someone something you have to be patient with them the same thing on the job is the same thing that i use mm -hmm. uh going into these different rooms um i have to be patient and actually learn the consumer while i'm there you know figuring out how do they learn are they a visual learner do they need to be uh hands-on you know whatever yeah. it is that they need that's the thing that I have to learn first. And then I'm able to show them, okay, if you follow these steps, then you can get there, you know, and some people, they just need that pattern, you know, turn on your computer first, Yeah. type in zoom <laughs> or click on this icon. Yeah. Okay. Now put in this meeting ID and this is the password <laughs> yeah. Do that every time and it's going to work. You yeah. know, some people need that. Yeah. yeah. But then you have the other, just like, okay, show it to me one time and I got it forever. Yeah. yeah. You know, so you just have to learn the consumer and learn what it is that they yeah. need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because we had Zoom too for school and like we have like our Zoom meeting and then we'll go into groups and then the teacher would pop up into the groups and then yeah, like yeah. it's random to like, oh, hello guys. Like, well, we're like, yeah. what the hell? It's <laughs> random as hell. But um, yeah, dude, that's pretty cool though. But how do you make your money for doing it for churches? So they do pay me to come oh, in. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have a, a honorarium that I do use. Um, some churches if i feel led i will not charge them based on their budget you know you you have some churches that do have the budget to pay someone to come in some churches don't you know even in some organizations they have the budget to come in and you know pay someone buy the equipment as well but some don't so just using my judgment i i really fill out the crowd you know see what they're able to do if they have to use most of their budget to buy equipment, then I won't charge them. Yeah. You know, I just do it as voluntary, you know, for the love of the game, because I just love doing it. Yeah. You know, but if there's a church that, you know, they are, some people will come to you and be like, hey, I need you to come in and this is what I have for you. And I either accept or reject. Most of the time I will accept. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What churches do you um, go after? Do you go after like certain, like Catholic churches? Do you go after Christian churches? What kind of church do you go after? So I go, do you go after all of them. Want. All of them? I love to everyone because um this is a very broad market yeah you know there are a lot of people that need help you know yeah. there are a lot of some people don't even know they need help but you know just being there um if i go to a concert or something i always talk to someone if i go to a different event I just talk network to someone. yeah yeah i have to network because that's my biggest thing um i feel like for this business it's a lot of advertising out there but when you're dealing with people that don't really know about technology your advertising on social media can only go so far yeah you know so you have to do the do it the old school way hand and foot you know word of mouth so. yep. yeah that's fire fun. where'd you get the like inspiration to start <clears throat> recording on your phone um honestly i was at the game taking pictures of myself okay. bro. <laughs> this, I, uh, I think this girl seen me and she was like bro what are you doing and i'm like I was just taking pictures. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean you were taking pictures of yourself? I was taking selfies, bro. <laughs> I had the, the game hoodie on, you know. I was uh, ready. Yeah. I had the team logo on. I was, I felt, I was feeling myself. Yeah, yeah, I really yeah. wasn't. You guy. weren't in high school in what year? 
Uh, my first year of high school was um, two thousand. Nine, 2010. Was it called selfie back then? I don't think it was called selfie. No, it wasn't. I yeah, because so. I remember selfie be- became a term like in middle really? school for us. Yeah, a self photo. Yeah. Was what just, was it called? Was just just it front camera. Yeah. What the fuck? Actually, I that's when they were taking them like this. Camera, yeah. I had the, the back camera. And I had <laughs> breaking the rules. Sure. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that so, was back when I was an Android user. Yeah. I was, oh. too. I was here too, fifth grade. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Yeah. So you got the inspiration from taking selfies. Yeah. So the girl was like, what are you doing? Like, why are you not paying attention to the game? And I'm like, dang, she right. But then I <laughs> my phone, you know, and, you know, I just started recording. You know, it was yeah. it, the, actually the game was fire. Like, I think we had like eight threes back to back in the first Damn. quarter, like the first two or three minutes. And I'm like, this is going crazy. Like, I got to show them how they're showing out, you know. So I recorded them a little bit. And then um, the guy was like, man, you should do this more often. You should do this more often because they liked the clips. I started sending it out to people and then that expanded my network even with that because I was able to get uh, phone numbers and people were texting me like, hey, bro, I need you to come to the game. You know, make sure you're there. Like, don't don't call in sick. Yeah. I'm like, man, leave me alone. But, you know, it yeah. became a thing, you know, and everybody was like, yeah, you can do this. Did they pay you to record it or no? No. No. I didn't get paid. And it was just it was just the love of it, you know. Yeah. And um one of the guys was like a big bro to me, so I was really looking out for him. And okay. then, you know, the other guys on the team were like, I guess I got a clip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's cool. Shoot me ten bucks and yeah, I'll send yeah. it your way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So is that something you're still interested in? Like filming oh. for any type of or any level of maybe even sports in general, just not it's Basketball. something that I'm interested in because honestly, being behind the camera is therapeutic for me. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's like a stress reliever where I can just zone out and I can be anything in the world if I wanted to. You know, it's kind of like having a crazy imagination as a kid, but through a lens of anything in the world. So for me, I I feel like I never lose the interest of it. I did take some time off when I first moved out here. I moved out here in um. December of 2020 and I took some time off because I didn't have the clientele you know I wasn't sure if I'd be able to you know really dive into it I had to get a job things like that had to support my family so I took took some time off but actually man hooking up with Stay Doubt is what inspired me to get it started (laughs) again so you know and I found that that passion again and that love for it appreciate that bro why did you move from from there to here ah long story so I've been married for six years okay so uh my wife she actually was out here getting her master's degree oh nice and um yeah it was what like major uh psychology oh psychology she's okay. a social worker now okay right? cool. so while she was out here getting her master's uh we were actually separated for a little bit of time i was in texas she was out here and i'm like you know i want to make it work you know mm-hmm. so I'm, i packed up and i came out here dropped yeah. everything man i mean Damn. everything i packed up my little mitsubishi galant oh yeah <laughs> red mitsubishi galant. it was full of like all kind of clothes and camera gear and equipment, keyboards, yeah. guitars, and I uh, rented. I never forget. I, re- I rented a um, a Dodge Ram okay. and I drove it all the way out here. Dodge Ram, you're a wasting Dodge gas on man, bro. It was bad because pulling that car and the, yeah, the weight, you know, everything was just bad. What do you bro. mean you rented a Dodge Ram? So I went on Turo and got a Dodge Ram. 
Because yeah. the only car that I had was the Galant. And you returned the Dodge Ram? I drove it all the way back to Texas. Fuck. Like, the gas was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy, yeah. crazy. I think I spent about $3,000 on that trip. 3000 Dude, so I went to Fuck. Seattle, right? We got a Tesla. Mm. We went from here to Seattle for the gas and the, the car. I think the car was maybe like 200 per person. But but the gas between all four of us was 400 bucks. Jeez. So between four people, that's like 100 each. So all together it was like 500 bucks. That's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. So yeah, if you do it again, Tesla. Yeah, <laughs> He's going to tow his car with the yeah, Tesla? I'm, I'm just <laughs> not going to like rent a truck. <laughs> they really taxed me. They hit yeah. me with an underage driver. Uh, that was like 300 bucks. Underage? Yeah. That. When I would have walked. I was like, um, I think I was 24, 23 or 24. Don't say you be 25, huh? Yeah, some of them, huh? Yeah, I think all of them. I have to be twenty-five. 25 I've seen some great. where you have to, you can be eighteen. I've seen some where you can be oh. twenty-one. But damn, yeah, you yeah. got hoed. I did. Bro. <laughs> I did. <laughs> damn. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, as of right now, do you have employees that help you out? I don't. When I was in Texas, I had a lot of volunteers, just people that were interested in it. But out here, I'm trying to build yeah. everything up you know yeah. kind of started a few weeks ago putting the vision back together and trying to see what i wanted to do okay you know so i'm looking at studio spaces i actually have a space right now but it's it's kind of big enough for just me to create and you know for me to stretch out but i'm thinking about doing expanding it a little bit so it's going to take me building walls and things yeah. like that you know so i'm just trying to figure out what i want to do but yeah most definitely I'm looking to expand, you know, and have my own space where people can come in and, you know, just create, you know, and be, be who they are. Be creative. Yeah. Create yeah. as in anything, anything, bro. My vision is to have a studio that has dance. It has music, it has mm. photography, videography, whatever it is that you want to do. That's what I want to have. That's pretty cool. Cause like just being in that space with, with people that, that are creative, yeah. like get your, same your brain flowing. Yeah, like minded. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's pretty cool. That is dope. And that back in Texas, did he have clients back in Texas? I did. I had a, a, a lot of clients back in Texas. How many did you have? So I got to a point where I was doing a photo shoot probably every two weeks. Okay. So in about a six month span, I'm probably not going to do the math right now, but I had a pretty, <laughs> Oh yeah. Mm. if you got the math, send it to us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're doing that full time. Yeah. I was doing it full okay. time, especially during the pandemic. It was, you'd be surprised how many people wanted to take pictures during the pandemic. Yeah. And then too, a lot of people were pregnant. So yeah. Yeah. Crazy. A lot of people yeah. were pregnant. I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> How was that change for you going from doing that full time to being over here? So um it was uh it was a little weird. It was a little yeah. weird, honestly, because uh during that time as well, after kind of the pandemic was slimming out, um I started working as an in-school photographer. Okay. So I was able to do that for an actual company called Interstate Studios. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to do what I had on the side as well. You know, so it was like, that's what I was doing all the time. And then I came out here and it's like culture shock because I could pick my days off if I wanted to. I could, you know, if I wanted to, I could actually take a week off from doing that, you know, because it was my own schedule. I could literally block out my dates. But now I'm just right back into it doing work every day and I got to punch somebody else's clock, which, you know, it was irritating at yeah. first because I hate taxes and uh, shout out to California for taking all my money. Yeah. <laughs> Is the taxes more here or in Texas? It's more so here, a huh? A lot more here. Yeah. All right. I, I kind of figured. Yeah. But um, 
do you find it easier to find more clients out here or in Texas? So I think it may be a lot easier out here yeah. because actually when I was in Texas, one of the uh, tricks that I used for marketing, I would advertise my stuff out here. And um, a lot of people were hitting me up like, hey, where's your uh, California photo ops, you know, photo opportunities that you took in California? Just want to see some of your work. And I'm like, dang, I really don't have none because it was just a scheme to, you know, get the word out there that I was I had my stuff in China. You know, that's where I was advertising it at. But How did you do that? Through, through ads? So on Instagram, it has a way where you can set up ads and you can select the city that you wanted to go through. So okay. I had stuff in Africa, Russia, everywhere. Damn. So you're doing Facebook ads? Instagram, Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, I run those too and like they help a lot. Yeah, man. Facebook do. ads reach a lot of people. They do. I think um, I, when I shot my first vlog for my 23rd birthday, I advertise it on Instagram and that video right now has 23,000 views on it. Yeah. Just based off of what I advertise. And that was only a $5 ad. Yeah. 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 You can go a long way with that. I think more recently, it's kind of hard to, to get more views as compared to like three years ago when like people were still kind of figuring out like social media and stuff like that. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Three years ago was 2020 during COVID. Well, like, so like everybody was just on their phone. Yeah. But, yeah. Kind of switching lanes a little bit. Okay. You got your little podcast going on now, too. Yeah, man. What's that about? What's So, what's... my podcast is Lessendary Memoirs. I actually just dropped the first episode last Saturday. Mm-hmm. Lessendary is just a way of me uh, basically saying that I'm testifying, telling my story. Things that I went through. I plan on talking about my experience spending one night in jail. You know, <laughs> oh. things like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going through the whole life. Um, just recently, I talked about being honest because I feel like that was something that I struggled with as a kid. You know, going back to when I was four and five years old, I couldn't tell the truth for whatever reason. And um, I talked about that, you know, and I talked about that from being a kid all the way up into college. You know, I had an issue with being honest because I had an issue with... Um, Actually, our call time for the band camp that I was in, um, it was 3 a.m. And I didn't like it at all. <laughs> but I couldn't be honest. 3 a.m.? Well, 3 a.m. Why was it so early? PT was at 3 a.m. Uh, we had to. Uh, we had a full day. So they wanted us to start early. They didn't want us to start late. And I actually talked about that. The lesson in that, they were like trying to let us know, if you have a full day of work, you can't wait to the last minute. You can't put it off. You know. So they had us getting up at 3. Well, actually, you had to be up at probably 2 to make it across campus and then be there for PT at 3 a.m. And we were in the middle of a parking lot. Everybody has on white t-shirts. It's three, three in the morning, just banging drums. Oh my God. Yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> because our, our band director, he was in the military. Shout yeah. out to Dr. Zach. He was in the military. So he uh he would get out there with us, you know, and he um he makes sure that we were fit. He makes sure that we were ready for what was coming because he knew that there was a storm coming. And that's yeah, that's kind of the plug-in right there. Yeah. Our, our band name is Marching Storm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he knew that it was coming and God, he wanted yeah. us to be ready for whatever. Because yeah. we had games where we we're in the rain, you know, the oh, football yeah. team going crazy. We gotta go crazy too. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, so he he made sure that we were ready for that. And, yeah. You know, that came down to campus runs where yeah. he's leading us running around the campus and our campus is over like a thousand acres. If he's doing it with you guys? He's doing it with us. Damn, that's hard. So yeah. you guys would practice from like three to like six and then you have school? We practice. Well, when school did start, we didn't start practicing until 6 p.m. Oh, okay, you know, okay. So they leave the whole. Oh day. yeah. So during, during the off season, camp, it was like, man, 3 a.m. to probably 10 at night. Yeah. All day? All day. 
all day. You have no and summer. You just no? repeat. No summer. You you get like probably a month and a half in summer, and then you have to come back early for camp. Mm. But every know, single day. Every single day, bro. It's wow. Not even healthy. Yeah, man. It was crazy. You know, it's and and the way that they did it, like the freshman dorms were uh kind of close to the band hall. Yeah. But we had to line up and just march back. Everything was a march. So yeah, you could see at any given time of the night, you could see a group of freshmen just marching back to the dorms, <laughs> screaming and just tired, you know, everybody sweating and fatigued. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's cool though. Like you're created with like with music, with photography, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, man. Being creative. Dude. So what time did you get to bed? So on the <laughs> on a normal day, I'll probably get to bed at eleven. So I, you said like you know, Four hours, five hours? Yeah, probably four or five hours. I was pretty quick with it. You know, I would get a shower real quick and then go to bed. I wasn't really uh, talking to girls during that time, you know, but <laughs> of course things did change. But, you know, during that time I was really focused because it was something that I wanted, you know, and I felt like in order to really get what I wanted, I had to have that drive and motivation to do it, everything that it took. If that meant, you know, not getting sleep, that's what I had to do. Yeah. If that yeah. meant getting up early, that's what I had to do. Mm -hmm. And I let that carry on into even into my classes because um, I had classes that were early, like yeah. 8 a.m., which I stopped at my freshman year because that was, no, it wasn't working with all the partying and stuff like that. Yeah. It wasn't working. But uh, when I started to really get a hold of my schedule and everything that I needed to do, that same energy that they gave us in camp was what I used in school. Oh, dude. Yeah. It carries over for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Especially like sports too, you know? Yeah. Did you finish college? I did. What did you major in? Business administration. Mm. Oh, nice. Specialized in management. There it is. That's what I'm doing. Right <laughs> there now. it is. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Man, stick with it, bro. Like, yeah, it's man. worth it. Just a long Why is that? Man. It's worth what it do you because learn? Um, it shows you the ins and outs of businesses. In terms of like taxes, you know, like accounting. Yeah. 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 All the things that um, a lot of people won't tell you about the business mm -hmm. side. You know, things that you should know if mm. you're going to be an entrepreneur or whatever it is that you want to do. Yeah. They tell you all those things and they take you through all the different courses like financial accounting, um, entrepreneurship, you know, different mm -hmm. things like that. Um, even uh, IT and uh, statistics and stuff. Like oh, yeah. That. I yes, had to go through all of that, man. And it was crazy. But I learned all that. And it's it's helping me now being that I am a business owner. Yeah. So yeah, I, you got to go ahead. I was taking financial accounting uh, last semester. It was pretty cool because they taught me how to do like the ins and outs of uh, how you should start like a partnership or a LLC or a corporation and what yeah. are the differences between them all and what you can profit from the most depending on what your work ethic is. And it's pretty cool how, yeah, how all that knowledge is just fucking crammed into like that period. It's, one, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, that so class is like super knowledgeable and I, it opens a lot of doors in that field of business management. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it does. So do you, do you have a bachelor's in it or an associate's? I have a bachelor's in bachelor's, it. Bachelor's, okay. Yeah. Cool. And I'm looking at going back to get my master's in human resources. Okay. Uh, I want that to kind of be my steady income, you know, aside from the business. I definitely love working with people, you know. That's yeah. kind of why I became a trainer because uh not trying to throw any shade, but I feel like we don't have a lot of people-oriented managers, Yeah. you know, so... I wanted to kind of move up so that people can have that advocate of someone mm -hmm. that actually cares about them, you know? Mm -hmm. So when I come into work, my day starts not even thinking about what I went through before I came, but I'm asking people, how did your day go? How was your night? You know, you know, were you in traffic? Different, different things like that. Little small things that make people feel good, make them feel like somebody actually cares about them. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Facts. I appreciate those managers for real, though. Yeah, yeah, man. Very, very few, few. Out there. Very few. <laughs> I think like the the places that that do go with it are like Walmart and Home Depot because I know my job, our managers are all about the people and not about the numbers, mm-hmm. and like I see that a lot. And then compared to like the small warehouses, I feel like they're more about the money, and like you know, if he's not doing great, right, then he's fired. Yeah, do you man. get me? We're completely backwards when it comes to that, though. These people are all about the numbers. Well, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, and it, it it's pretty bad because when you have a manager that's good with the job functions but not good with the leadership side, it kind of brings the company down. It does. I actually did a, a slight study on it. It said like um, 90 or somewhere like 80% of managers, bad managers, can cost companies billions, bro. And it's just because it does, yeah. the, the turnover rate and different things like that, people quitting, people not wanting to come into work, you know, it costs the company because you can't keep that momentum going because you don't have someone there that would make you want to have momentum. You'd be surprised. Some of the managers that work on our dock, people are like, oh, I got scheduled for this area. And then they come in and their whole mood just changed. Like from what we just talked about in the parking lot to right now, it's completely different. You know, because they realize they're working for a manager that's gonna not gonna, you know, give them that type of energy that they need, yeah. not gonna give them that boost. You know, Facts. it's pretty crazy. Yeah, for sure. Like a Home Home Depot too. Um, I'd a mentor, and he was saying how if you're trying to go up inside the company, like they want people that are about the people and not about the, the numbers, because yeah. you can know the job functions, but if you're not a people person, then it's irrelevant. They don't want you. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, most definitely. Sorry. For sure. All right, cool. So, so going back to like the church thing, um, do you, do you have a certain religion that you pull towards? So I'm not more so religious, more of a spiritual, spiritual? person. And okay. um, I really focus on my relationship. I am a Christian. You know, okay. I grew up that way, but I got away from the religious aspect of it because it's more so a set of rules yeah you know and i i don't really focus my my religion is the bible i focus on that that and that alone so anything outside of that is kind of i challenge it to the bible that's the way i abide by it because i feel like certain things can be man-made and it it may make you feel comfortable or make you feel uncomfortable so you have to really uh fact check it you know and see what it is so that's the way that i like to live i'm a bible-based believer and i have a relationship with god yeah i thought the same thing too because i grew up as a catholic and um just being in church like they told you like you have to stand up at a certain time you have to Mm -hmm. sit down then you have to go get the bread drink go drink the wine i just felt like it was like too like too do this do that instead of like trying to connect to god Mm. i feel like and um so now i kind of pull towards being a christian and like i don't go to church but i kind of try to connect with him personally and um so that's kind of how i kind of perceive god yeah and take him in i feel you and uh, having a structure is good yeah don't get me wrong having a structure is good because the church that i'm in now the organization is the church of god in christ and we have a structure you know we have a presiding bishop we have um, a general board different things like that and it's a good structure but for my personal life outside of church because i believe that i am the church you know Mm -hmm. the church is inside of me Mm -hmm. for my personal life i try to focus on having a relationship and being able to access god at any time outside of 
just going to church. You know, mm -hmm. I can access God in my car. I can access yeah. him in my room. I can access God at any time, you know, and that's what really helps me to keep going. Because imagine if all the churches in the world just blew up. Imagine how many people would be lost because they don't have a relationship. They don't actually pray. They don't actually read the Bible and things like that. They just focus on going to church. You know, that's the that's not the way that I want to be. I want to be able to function on my own and have independence, you know, yep. so that's cool. That's where I am with it. That's pretty cool. That's pretty good. Yeah, because I went to a Christian church maybe like four years, four years ago. And um, years. yeah. You say years? Yeah. And um, so they're doing prayer up in their front. Like everybody just started crying. Mm. And then like this girl came up to the mic and like spoke in tongues. I was like, dude, like, this is crazy. <laughs> and um, yeah, so it was a cool experience though, for sure. Oh, yeah, man. It's a, it's a great experience because there are so many different avenues to God. Like there are so many different levels that you can get to. And I realized that when I really started reading and really started understanding what it was, you know, and, and I just began to pray and I asked God for a deeper relationship. And he began to show me that he's a lot more than what people may show you or what people may teach you. But God has a lot of different levels and you can actually it's like playing a crazy video game that take you to level 1000 because yeah. you're, you're staying consistent with it and you have that drive and that motivation to stick with it. Yeah, for sure. That was a pretty good analogy. <laughs> yeah. But as somebody myself that is trying to figure out what I believe in, what do you guys like recommend to build the relationship? I the guess? Bible. Yeah. I was, I would say start with the Bible and start with prayer. You know, if, if that's something that you want to do and you know, the, the craziest thing for me was I asked God to give me a sign. And it may seem like, you know, some people are like, oh, that's crazy. You know, you can get a sign from anywhere. It could be anything. <laughs> but my sign was actually in my sister's health. Um, mm -hmm. She was sick with, um, with the disease called encephalitis. And at the time, it was only like eight people in America that had this disease. So the doctors were dumbfounded, you know, um, scientists were dumbfounded. Nobody could help her out. She literally got down to the point where she was just skin and bones mm -hmm. and she didn't know where she was. She didn't have the cognitive ability. Um, she didn't have muscle memory. She didn't have anything. She could just lay there. And then at any given moment, she could just like um, zone out, you know, and kind of pass out. And, and it seemed like we wouldn't get her back. But going from laying in the hospital bed to not being able not and not being able to move to actually walking into a church one day and she was in full capacity like to the point where she just started really praising god it showed me that god can actually do something because it took a lot of prayer it took a lot of faith but mm -hmm. when we actually put our faith into action things started to change you know our health started to turn around and even the doctors were able to do research and find different things, you know, based on her, her stuff turning around. And now if someone does have encephalitis, I'm pretty sure that anyone that, you know, goes to that doctor or talk to those scientists, they'll be able to find out what they need to find out just based on her being able to turn around. What is encephalitis? So it's, um, it's kind of like a mental disorder, but also, um, if I'm explaining it correctly, it's a mental disorder, but it's also a health disparity that kind of takes away your ability to do different things. And um, 
I kind of really don't know much about it because mm-hmm. I was still young when it happened. Yeah. I think I was 14 and my parents didn't let us go to the hospital because it was kind of hard to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that she did lose a lot of her cognitive ability and she wasn't there mentally to where um, sometimes she would just be walking down the street, you know, and she didn't even know us. She would get scared and just run away from us because she didn't remember us. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty bad. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I'm glad to see you come on here and be vulnerable for a little yeah. bit. Oh, yeah. Appreciate, Appreciate that. It, yeah. I got to be honest. And <laughs> yeah. But um, I'm glad she got the turnaround that she did. So you think asking him to show you a sign mm-hmm. is the first step? Yeah, because any anytime you need to believe in something, you need to know that it's real, you know, and the best way for you to do that is to have your own experience. Mm-hmm. And um, that's something that happened to me as well. You know, I'm, I'm able to talk about me going to jail for one night because that was my experience. And I, I realized that that was showing me that there, there was a God, because even from times where I'm in my dorm room and, and God would speak to me, you know, about different things. Um, my experience, he kept pouring into my experience and kept allowing me my experience to grow with him. So now I know his voice, uh, kind of don't want to go too deep into the Bible, <laughs> but he, the Bible says that my sheep know my voice and a stranger they will not follow. A lot of times in my life, I was following a lot of strange voices that had nothing to do with God. Mm-hmm. But then once I learned the real voice, something clicked in my brain and now i'm following the right thing yeah that's cool though bro that's pretty hard but do you think your thoughts can can influence your health or um like for example like say if you're sick and you have cancer right Mm -hmm. do you think by changing your thoughts and and thinking that you're healthy that it changes your health and you're able to improve? Uh, most definitely, because there that's an act of faith. Um, okay. One of the biggest things for us as believers, when we start to think ourselves into a hole, we start to lose faith. And that's where doubt and faith go hand in hand, because doubt is actually, um, and it's like a part of your faith. If you didn't have doubt, you wouldn't need faith. Um, if I'm explaining that correctly, I don't want to go too deep. But um, when you start to doubt, you start to think yourself into a hole. Mm-hmm. And this is where we find people having anxiety. They have depression. They have all these different things and all these different thoughts because they're thinking themselves into a hole. But when you change that, that's when you're able to really conquer that. Because I did deal with depression before because of my own insecurities. I thought myself less than what I was. Mm-hmm. But when I started to really think about that, I was able to conquer that thing because it's nothing but what you're thinking about yourself. If you think highly of yourself, you will be a great yeah, person, yeah. you know? And I feel like someone that is sick, I mean, changing your thoughts will help you to fight it. But ultimately with the sickness, you're going to need healing and you're going to need to take the steps that, you know, you need to do. You don't want to be one yeah. of those believers that say, well, I'm not going to take my medicine because I want God to heal me. But yeah. No, you need to still do that because there's a reason why your medicine is here. There's a reason why God gave someone the idea to create that thing, you know, so you need to take the necessary steps, but you need to have the faith to do it as well. No fire. He's on it, bro. Yeah, dude. He's on it. That's good. <laughs> I'm good baffled. Stuff. Man, the well, spirit is flowing, bro. Definitely. You know, kind of catching this, this uh, preaching vibe. Oh, so let's talk about that a little bit. Where, okay, what so, made you want to do that? So um, you're a preacher? 
I'm a preacher. Oh, I'm dope. a minister. Okay. Um, I've been a minister since 2015. So about seven years now, if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to my eighth year. Um, I was in my dorm room and I honestly, I had turned back to smoking weed. And that was, it was a thing for me at one point, but it, it got to the point where it got old for me and it wasn't my thing anymore, you know? And it that was the time where I was supposed to be uh, really devoting myself to God and to the things that I needed to do. And I remember I went into my dorm room and I had just got high. I'm looking in the restroom, in the mirror, in the restroom. And I heard God say pl uh, plainly, how long will you play with me? And I'm like, wait a minute. Did I just hear that right? He's like, yeah, you heard that right. How long will you play with me? Because you continue to go back to this thing that I took you out of. Because, you know, smoking weed was never my thing. I just did it because it was in my environment and it seemed like the thing to do, you know. And um, God was just telling me, you know, I need you to really get, get focused and get where you need to be. And uh, from then on, I started having dreams of me preaching, leading and doing different things. And I just went on and accepted it. I couldn't run anymore because God was literally speaking to me directly now, like telling me, I can't let you continue to play. You got to do this thing. So seven years later, here I am. Damn, dude. That's cool. You feel like that's your, that's your purpose? Um, I do. I feel like God gave me this voice for a reason mm -hmm. and I need to use it, which is why I started doing my... Uh, my content again because i have something to say i have a story to tell you know i actually wrote a book um mm -hmm. but it's not the fullness of what needs to be said you know so there are a lot of more a lot more things that i need to say you wrote a book i wrote a book is bro. it released yeah it's on amazon it's on amazon what yeah, it's what's it called in the ing what's it called living in, in the ing it's okay. uh basically my story from being a little kid to everything that i dealt with within my family um my father he uh, had an issue with drugs and different things like that. Um, talking about my mother, my brothers, you know, different things. Just really like a slight biography, okay. you know, but not as in-depth as it should have been because yeah. it was kind of rushed, you know, it's something I wanted to really complete. Cool. But, uh, yeah, living in the ING, the continuous fight for victory. And it's I about your life? That, I, yes, it's about my life okay. because I use that suffix ing, which means continuous. Yes. You know, and that's crazy. <laughs> I'm wearing that right now, actually. Oh yeah, ing. I don't know if you can see it, but it says. Oh ING. yeah, that's yeah. pretty dope. Yeah, <laughs> bro, it's a sign, bro. You got to read it. Oh, yeah. So I, I I took that and I'm like, you know, my fight, my life is always a continuous fight for victory because I'm a firm believer that generational curses are never broken, but it's a continuous fight. You know, you can suppress it, but you have to continue to fight it because, you know, you, you may say I'm going to break it or I'm not going to do it anymore. But that thing is still there. The thought of what you did in the past is still there. What does so, it curse to you, though? Um, It's a lot of different things. So bad habits can be a, a, okay, a form yeah, of okay. a generational curse, you know, different things like that. Um, Like in terms of like like somebody's away or like bad habits in terms of like abusing a certain drug right so, yeah, kind of like that anything abuse of a drug or even bad food habits because yeah. i did have that as well uh, my family we're from the south so we eat pork chops mm. all the time fried pork chops you know yeah. we eat fried pork chops with anything but mm -hmm. i didn't notice until i got to college that i'm really contaminating my body yeah. because it's not something that i need i don't need that much grease you know especially at a young age <laughs> man yeah. so now 
I'm fighting things like high blood pressure. I'm fighting things like diabetes because that's something that's very prominent in my family. Mm -hmm. And it's not that the sickness is prominent, but it's the bad habit that's prominent in my family. Yeah. Dang. When did you write that book? Yeah. And what, ins what inspired you to write it? Man, I wrote that book in... 2019 if i'm not mistaken 2018 or 2019 um and it, it inspired me to write it because i had got to a point where i was a lot of things in my family were going on that we didn't talk about so i felt like i needed an outlet to be able to talk to someone about it and be able to you know just just do it because i had like i said before i had an issue with being honest i had an issue with saying the things that i needed to say so I decided to have my own little diary and write it all down. Do you find it easier to write in the diary? Because I know some people pray to God and that they use God as an outlet to say whatever they need to get off their chest too. Mm. Do you think it's easier to talk to God or, or to write things down in the diary? So for me, um, it's a little bit of both, um, but it really depends on who the person is. Uh, some people, they're able to cast their cares on God and leave them there. You know, uh, Some people, they need to write it down. Some people have a prayer journal. It just depends on what works for you, because honestly, for me, uh, the the first experience I had with writing, I have a tablet that on the first page I wrote something, but I never wrote anything else in it. Um, and I wrote about a really bad experience that I had, but I felt the release of that experience just by writing it. Journaling helps a lot, too. It believe does, it or not, man. it helps. So that's just your diary, that book? Yeah, for the most part. It's cool. Yeah, I do like you're creative though, dude. Like doing yeah, books, doing video, minister, uh, music. Dang, dude, that's cool. Yeah, I, I know. Um, going back to like bad happening curses. Like for me, I think like a bad curse in my family or habit is like drinking. Mm. So yeah, so like my grandpa died from drinking. My dad drinks every day, but um. But he wasn't, he's not as bad as my grandpa was, but, like, it's still a habit that he drinks every day. Mm. You get me? So, like, I'm trying to break that curse to where, like, I don't have to drink every day. So, like, I drink maybe, like, once every, like, three weeks, you know, if I go out. Yeah, but, um, yeah, like, I feel like that's a big curse, and I'm breaking it, so. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, you have to manage it well. Yeah. You know, you have to be aware of it and call a thing a thing. Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to manage that thing because yeah. eventually you're going to get to a point where you're managing it so well that you're not even going to think about it. Yeah. And that's the same thing for me uh, because drug addiction was a big thing in my family. Uh, my dad was smoking weed. My brother was smoking weed. Actually, I smoked my first blunt with my brother. And I'm like, before that, I'm like, man, y'all stupid. Y'all need to be doing that. But then once I hit that blunt, I was gone. Oh, yeah. Man, probably five to ten years. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. And then once I started managing it, you know, and I started cutting back, that's when I was able to finally say, you know what, I really don't need this. Because it did become the point where I was depending on it. And I feel like that's why it wasn't for me, because anytime you're depending on something and you're not really depending on God like you should, yeah, it might be time to quit it. How did you break the habit, though? Did you just do cold turkey or did you like not smoke for like maybe once a week? You know, so um, I'm actually going to show the girl this part of the video. Uh, that was this girl that I was, you know, dating on and off. And she told me she wanted me to stop smoking. Mm -hmm. And um this was probably our sophomore year in high school. And she's like, I want you to stop smoking. Came to class one day after I had just smoked. I thought I got rid of it. I had the eye drops, the <laughs> Listerine, you know, yeah. at all. But she just knew. And like, Girl just she, know. she looked at me and she just bawled out crying. 
She was like, you told me you were going to stop smoking. <laughs> I was like, dang, bro, I really got to do this now. Yeah. Because you know, there's people that are depending on me that really care about me. She knew the issues that I had in my family with my father and things like that. So she knew that me smoking was not a good thing for me because it caused me to be angry. And that caused me to have an anger issue. And I responded, well, I reacted rather than responding to a lot of things. So she knew that I needed to quit. And by her telling me or were that experience with her crying, it kind of, you know, opened my eyes to what really needed to happen. And eventually I got to a point where I just let it go. Yeah. Cold turkey. Not necessarily cold turkey. <laughs> I was yeah. still sneaking here and there. Yeah, yeah. You know, okay. I had a little sneaky leak with it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, eventually I was able to let it go. Yeah. Lie, dog. Yeah, I, I, I cleared out my grinder, you know. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Oh, okay, I get you. I get you. You think that was a sign too? Oh uh, yeah. For her to to ball crying. Yeah, it yeah. was because she's a very strong person. She was never like that, you know. See, and for her to show me that type of emotion, it was like, okay, yeah, yeah, this is this is real. This yeah. man works in mysterious ways too, man. Yeah, man, it's pretty cool. That's yeah, crazy. so just like by meeting you, by being on the podcast with you, seemed like you're a good guy and have good morals. So like, who kind of influenced you to? be you okay so i have a mentor back home um his name is cedric francis he actually has the lead to greatness podcast and also the marriage coach podcast i feel like um, i heard that podcast before yeah he's pretty cool um he's actually my cousin okay and he was my pastor um when i was in texas so he shared a lot of things with me he had some of the same issues that i had and um he just led me to believe that i could be better than who i am and he also connected me with a lot of different, you know, good resources. Like um, you guys probably heard of the motivational speaker, Eric Thomas. Uh, oh, yeah. Eric Thomas. He's very connected with him. Uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes. He's a big oh, pastor dude. in Dallas. Uh, pastor Keon Henderson. You know, he connected me with a lot of different people that, you know, aided me in the process of being becoming who I am. That's cool. Do you advise young people like say like the 20s to go get a mentor? Most definitely. So I feel like you can't be successful without a mentor. Yeah. You need someone that's been where you, you're going and, um, you know, just can see the path differently than you can. Uh, that has that experience because they're able to keep you from hitting a lot of roadblocks, oh, and, yeah. you know, crashing and burning if, if at all possible. You know, because sometimes we do a lot of different things. Like when I first became a minister, man, I had a ministry page up. I had a logo. I had a seal. I had all these things. But I was actually jumping ahead of myself because I had just started uh, preaching and I hadn't done enough study. Yeah. So now I'm looking like somebody that has everything that they need. But I didn't have the actual I had the look, but I didn't. Well, let's say this. I had the quality, but I didn't have the quantity. So I looked like I could be in a room, but I didn't have the capacity to fill the room. Oh, indeed, indeed, indeed. Yeah, so yeah, like um, I feel like mentors good too, cause um, I had I had one at work, like he helped me grow a lot in terms of like how to be a good leader, how to talk to people, how to persuade people to to do something for you. Um, and I feel like podcasts too, podcasts and books are a good way to not be like a physical mentor, but like a mentor online, cause like they they teach you like lessons um in terms of like everything, dude, like leadership finance business um so yeah like podcast too and um, i want to get a mentor too because i feel like mentors could do go for anything could be for a certain um certain career path you're 
trying to go towards so you could find somebody in that field already reach us and then be like um i'm trying to be where you're at someday can you teach me the steps to get there um yeah because like in terms of the mentor i'm trying to find one right now too um because for my business that i got right now it's growing but not the pace that i wanted to so um i'm trying to find a mentor right now and find somebody that where where they where i'm trying to be at and then whether it's free or pay them you know just reach out to them yeah man and it's it's built on genuine relationships yeah. you know and i would say never be afraid to uh, connect with someone mm-hmm. because i had a personal experience um in business the business department in my school we had something called professional development where they would have business professionals come in and speak with us and teach us different secrets that you don't get out you know in the outside world so i had just released my book and i remember um, one of one of the guys that I really looked up to in the business department, uh, his name was Taft Mohair. I gave him my book for free because I just wanted someone to read it and I wanted to really connect with him. But then uh, Matthew Knowles came to the school. Matthew you guys Knowles. probably don't know who that is. Beyonce's dad. Oh, OK. He came to the school. And I had this burning feeling like I just need to give him my book for free, you know, because I just want to connect with him. Bro, I got so nervous and so scared that I did not take the opportunity. And now I literally regret not giving him that book because I just wanted him to know my name. Yeah. He threw the book away. You know, I wanted to make that connection and show myself that I can network with anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. Like, that's cool. Never though. be afraid. Man. Yeah. Dude, yeah. If, like going, just having a mentor too is good. Cause like, like say if you play sports, like we had a coach and like, they were kind of our mentors. Like they were our dad. I was outside of home. So like in continuing to get mentors as you grow and find people that, that you want to take their traits from is a big thing to have growing up. Yeah, most definitely. Like, like you said, they don't even have to be called mentors per se. Like you said, coaches. It's just people yeah. who have knowledge in the same field that, can, like a that field, you can feed off of. The field that, that you're trying to be in mm-hmm. or go towards for sure. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. <laughs> I don't know if I'd compare a coach to a mentor, though, because knowledge. Though. I guess I mean I don't know. At our level, well, it's kind of way different. They were a mentor in terms of football, but some coaches were good coaches to to the point where where they would teach you the game, but teach you life outside mm-hmm. of football also. Because mm-hmm. like going up, I'd like say a good like five coaches where they taught me a lot about life and like how to be a man outside of football. Yeah. And most mentors are nothing but life coaches. You know, they teach us the things and you have to be available to um, open yourself up to allowing them to coach you in certain areas. Because for me, my thing was I thought I knew it all, yeah. you know, and I thought I had a lot of because I did have a lot of talent, you know, and it was like trying to get somebody to tell me what to do was kind of hard because this comes naturally. You know, this is something that's not taking a long time. I can literally watch a video. For example, uh, photo editing, I could watch somebody do it on YouTube and then I got it. You know, that's just the type of person I am. I'm a visual learner. If you show me how to do it one time, I got it. But it was hard to just humble myself and say, I'm going to allow somebody to teach me something, you know, and it took me being able to be coached and being able to be acceptable to 
that um information being coachable yeah man most definitely because ultimately you have to be humble enough to accept it whatever it is they're saying because there are going to be times where your mentor is not going to you know tell you things that you like to hear they're going to hurt your feelings sometimes they're going to let you know hey that video that you put out it was trash delete it you know things like that you know and you might have felt like it was the best thing ever (laughs) but you you know you're stumbling over your words your grammar is incorrect you know they're looking at things like that because they're they're looking to coach you and to make you the best version of yourself. Yeah. And if your mentor can't do that, most likely they don't need to be your mentor. And mentor too, I feel like to to be a mentor, yeah, you have to be okay with with your mentee passing you up. Yeah, that's a big thing too. And I think the first step to finding a mentor is just knowing that you don't know everything, and and to be coachable too. That's yeah, that's the big thing. Most definitely. You gotta be open to that that constructive criticism. Yeah, it's like working out too, because say if you work out, you're breaking down that muscle and trying to grow grow that muscle too. So like the same thing, you're taking in um things from that mentor where to 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 the point where it's feedback, and with that feedback, you have to take it and grow from it. Yeah. So it's good. the same thing. Most definitely. Yeah. Dude, game, game, game. <laughs> yeah, we're giving out the jewels today, man. Yes, sir. Yeah. It's been facts. Yeah. So, how old are you right now? I'm 26. 26, dude. That's crazy. You're 26 and I'm like, no, a lot for your yeah. age. Fuck. I always pray for wisdom, man. And, yeah. and I was, I hung around a lot of older people growing up. You know, I didn't really care for my crowd like that. My music was different. I used to listen to old hip hop, a tribe called Quest, DJ Jazz, oh, yeah. and the Fresh yeah. Prince, you know, Slick Rick, you know, yeah. all those people. That's what I listened to because they were spitting the knowledge. You know, I didn't yeah. really care for the Simon Beast, dude, just like flowing yeah, words. Man. Yeah. And that's why one of my most favorite rappers right now is who he is because he's a lyrical genius. I think <laughs> who is he? <laughs> His <laughs> name is Toby Wigway. Shout out to Toby. He just, Toby. He just was on the Grammys. I feel like I heard of him yeah. before. Didn't he drop a song recently? And it was like, yeah. The video was like, like really good. Yeah, it was like all green. I think so. Yeah, I feel like I seen I it. I think I saw it on TikTok. Yet. You gotta yeah. see him, bro. And they got a song that they're famous for called "I'm Dope." I'm dope. I'm Dave dope. Chappelle told him he was dope, and he made a song about it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was dope. Like everything about him is dope. The visuals. So Toby Nigel Wigway. Okay, yeah. Yeah, man, you gotta look him up. Imagine yeah. being told. Houston, too. Imagine being told that by Dave Chappelle. Man, Shit. yeah, I feel like I'm on top of the world. Exactly. That's the thing, like, um, just going from that, getting that feedback from Dave Chappelle, you know, to creating and continuing with his brand, he's able to be in rooms with them, and now he's on the Grammys. You know, music's biggest night just from being consistent, you know, and and keeping the grind going. Because he started just doing something called Good Get Twisted Sundays, where he was just getting his hair braided, you know, and he was spitting the flow, freestyling over a beat. You know, people started to like it. And he wow. built something on social media based off of just something small. And now he's a global, you know, icon. Yeah. Dang. That's a dope way to just put yourself out there. Getting your hair braided. Yeah, man. Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah, bro. But like, just seeing you right now at 26. <laughs> bro, like, you got the skills to do, like, you're, you're good with music, photography, um, you got a wife within that's doing psychology. You have a degree in business. Like with all, all those four traits, you're bound to do something big. 
for sure. Yeah, man, I believe it. I have to be um at least my minimum is a millionaire before I check out of here. Yeah, the same. Like, I want to be to the point where they have to rent out a stadium for my funeral. Oh yeah. And I want Damn. people to be able to say that this guy was somebody and he impacted my life not just with words but with showing genuine love cuz that's the type of person that I am. How do you plan to pause real quick? Good. game <laughs> go ahead how do you plan to do that though so how do you plan to like impact that many people so it starts small man like um people that i meet in the grocery store i can't be afraid to show love to them you know because it goes a long way you never know who you meet um you know honestly i didn't really know much about matthew knows before he came to my college and you know if I had actually interacted in that moment, nobody, you know, there's no telling to what that relationship might have been, you know, and just building relationships from the smallest thing, the grocery store, on the job, you know, uh, different places that I work at, you know, different people that I interact with. I feel like that's the start of it. Never seeing anybody as less than me, yeah. but always seeing somebody as who they are and as an equal. Exactly. So what do you mean by showing love at a grocery store? Like, and how? So, you know, just being uh, personable, speaking to people, you know, you see that old lady that can't get something off the top shelf, yeah, help her, you know, help her offering yourself up. And mm -hmm. my biggest thing right now, I feel like um, I have to serve people. And it sounds crazy, you know, especially being um, where I am in what my my race experienced 400 years ago. You know, it sounds crazy to be a servant, but I am that because in order to be a minister, it means you serving. have to be a servant, yeah. you know, so in whatever capacity that I can, that's what I have to do. My divine mandate that's on my life is to build others through various means of service. And, you know, I'm not trying to put our business out there, but that's the reason why I won't charge you guys for what I do for you, because I'm a servant. And what I have to do is to build other people. So regardless of if I get rich doing it or if I go poor doing it, I have to do that because that's my divine mandate that's on my life. Dang. Dude, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because you never really know what somebody else is going through either. Like, if it's a simple conversation, like, oh, how's your day going? Yeah. Random in public, you know, that could make somebody's day. Put a long way. Like, my girlfriend went to Starbucks, and you know how, like, they'll write, oh, have a good day yeah. on some of the cups. She was having a shitty-ass day. Man. So she fucking, she got that, read the cup, and she just started bawling out of control. And, you know, that's that's impact, like you're saying, you know, that's that's serving purpose to somebody else too so that's that's hard i i, I appreciate people like that too mm. and because the world we live in is a fucking pot full of negative yeah, you know man. so i really can't appreciate somebody like that you know yeah yeah, definitely. yeah. going back to work too like <laughs> I, I think like most jobs their managers are just a manager and not a leader I feel like a leader, a leader, you have to be a serving leader. You have to serve your people. If you don't serve them, they're going to say, fuck the job. I'm, I don't want to be here because like people quit their jobs because of their bosses mm -hmm. for the main part. So if you want your people to work for you and to stay with you, you got to be a ser serving leader. Yeah, man. And a good, um, a good thing with that, I'm going to plug something in right here is and give this away for free. A book that I read was called The Five Levels of Leadership by John C. Maxwell. Oh, I've heard of that book. Yeah, it's pretty good. And it talks about 
you know, um, someone going from level one, which is a positional leader, yeah. you know, people follow you because you have the position to be in a pinnacle leader to where people follow you because you have all the qualities that a leader needs. Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but yeah. <laughs> got a lot of behind the scenes. Yeah. Work yeah. <laughs> John C. Maxwell is a good leader too. Yeah, man. He has he a podcast a too, and he drops gems all day on that podcast. Yeah, most definitely. Is that it right there? A little over an hour. Anybody got questions? Don't you have a kid, right? I do have a kid. Okay. It's a boy, right? It's a boy. How old is he? He's uh, 15 months. 15 months. So okay. Over one. Congrats. He's that young? Yeah, bro. Damn. October of 2021. October. Okay, what? nice. Yeah. How did being a dad change your life? Oh, man. It opened my eyes to another commitment. And it showed me what uh, agape love really is. Love Ooh, without um, any fault or, you know, loving in spite of. You know, mm-hmm. and, and regardless of what happens, I still love my kid. So my kid can literally spit in my face. And I, I love, still love him. <laughs> you know, and, I, and, and my love for him never changes because that's just what it is, you know? It's just like God, too. Right. Same, Same kind of love. Father and son. Has he done anything like that yet? Like pooped on you, peed on you? So I've been peed on a couple times. Oh, no. uh, he hasn't pooped on me. He hasn't thrown up on me. He uh, threw up on his mom, but he never uh-huh. up, which is pretty dope because, yeah. like, you know, we got that connection where he knows <laughs> they don't do that. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's yeah, crazy. Man. That's crazy you bring up that term, agape love, because uh, when I was a child, I threw up in my parents, my mom's mouth. Mm. If I if my if my <laughs> if, I, if my kid would have thrown up in my mouth, I don't think that that term would be a term anymore, man. Ooh, man I don't know. I'd be so mad if my fucking baby threw up in my mouth. It's I still love him though. But I mean, from the moment where he was born and I seen that um, he actually had a pretty bad accident. He kept like dookieing on himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, he just kept doing it. Like the nurses had to get multiple blankets to cover it up because like it was pretty bad. And oh. they, they wouldn't give them to me in that moment. But I'm like, <laughs> why'd they give them to you? <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, don't give them to me. <laughs> they take care of you know, when babies come out, they still have a lot of things that they have from the wound on yeah. the inside. Yeah. So it was pretty bad, you know, from the smell and everything. So, <laughs> yeah, no, but once he got with me, he, he, you know, it's like he was calm and he was just chilling. Like I have videos where we were just sitting there for like 15 minutes, just bonding, you know. Mm-hmm. And once you look into your kid's eyes, man, you're going to be like, yeah, it's my guy or just my girl, you know, yeah. and that's gonna be forever. Yeah, that's cool. What What's your son's name again? Cairo Alexander Hitchens. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, what did? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Victorious defender of the people. Oh, that's yeah. crazy. How do you get that name? Is, is, um, is it the Bible or? So uh, they have a thing in my wife's family where the firstborn's name starts with a K. Okay. Um, and they picked Cairo, and once I figured out that it meant victorious, I thought mm. it would like kind of a creative middle name i was actually jam breaking at work you know that's where <laughs> your mind is really going when you're jam breaking because you're by yourself and i'm like i'm gonna my son's middle name is gonna be alexander and mm. i looked it up and it just fit like it's a whole phrase you know so yeah that's what alexander I mean. means what uh defender of the people okay dang yeah that's fire imagine that being your name and it fits too it fits perfect too yeah man damn everybody should look up what their name means it'll help you a lot in life Mine yeah. isn't crazy. I fucked yeah, it up. Um, mine not either. <laughs> but um, fuck, dude. Twenty twenty one being his birth year. That sounds crazy too. Twenty twenty. I'm born in two thousand one. Man. Oh. So. 
2021, 20 years later. 96? 96. Okay. That's not bad. 90s baby. 90s baby. <laughs> I had all the good cartoons. Yeah. I think we did too, though. We cut a little bit. I think we got I'm some cool. good SpongeBob, ones. Yeah, SpongeBob is the greatest of all time. I'd say. I'd no? Say, yeah, you I don't think agree. so? I would agree I with you. So. Well, that's not SpongeBob, arguable. SpongeBob wasn't on Boomerang. Oh, Boomerang was, was, yeah. Boomerang was that thing. So yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> what are you watching right now? Um, I watched a lot of things. The things that I can remember right now was uh, Fairly Odd Parents. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, I watched that one too. I think I watched Hey Arnold. Um, I was seeing Rocket Power. Too young for that one. Too yeah, young. Yeah. That's that's before y'all time. But those were cool cartoons. Yeah, Cartoon Network was that thing. You know, I couldn't stand either one of those shows. I had to stop watching it when it started turning into Adult Swim. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they make those subtle jokes. Yeah, I yeah. love those SpongeBob subtle jokes. Like yeah. when SpongeBob was like watching Sponge Porn. And what? then Gary walked oh in on him. Dun, 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 dun. And then like, Gary! And he um, changed the channel real quick. You remember what, that? I don't know what you're watching, bro. He was watching that that's not Spongebob. Porn. <laughs> that's not Spongebob, bro. That was Spongebob. Yeah, you got the different shit. No, I know what I'm talking about. I, I remember Spongebob vividly. <laughs> he, was, he was sitting down. And he was, you remember the music? He's like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I don't know, bro. I had a little bit of Spongebob. I think I was, uh, I was done with the I'm ready, though. <laughs> you know, it was a little much. Yeah. And then my favorite one though was the Krusty Krab pizza. Oh yeah. Dude could sing on that. Whoever yeah. 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 It's pretty good. See, that's what I'm saying. It's the greatest of all time because everybody has like they remember all the fucking scenes from SpongeBob. How many seasons did SpongeBob have? They're still going. Really? Yeah. It's not as good anymore. Let's see. Let's it's kinda, I feel like the older graphics are better too. I've seen the newer graphics, but I like the older graphics. It gives so a certain vibe. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the same. Uh, SpongeBob seasons. They got the Weenie Hut Jr. like Did you watch graphics? I Carly? I did. I had a little moment with it. Okay. It was cool. You know, that's when I was a tween. I was trying to figure out the world, but yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of different things transpired. So I yeah. stopped really watching TV during that time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Season thirteen. 13 seasons came out three days ago. Jesus, probably 5,000 episodes. I yeah. like the, the old Salty Splatoon graphics. Yeah, facts. The movie was fire too. Oh, yeah. I don't like the second one though. Episodes. Uh, amount. What was it? Sponge Out of Water? I didn't like that one. 281 episodes, <laughs> including the one released three days ago. So, I'm going to take a little bit of turn, but in terms of your marriage, like, how do you know that your your wife was the one? Ooh, man. So, <laughs> I um I was done with dating. Like, I was completely done. And I told myself, the next person that I get with is going to be my wife. And she kind of had said the same thing. What age was that? Oh, I got married when I was 19. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... Uh, one of her friends was like, you need to meet my friend. And I'm like, nah, get away from me. You're kind of icky. Like, I <laughs> feeling that right now. You know, shout out to Bethany. But, um, yeah, it was it was pretty dope the way she set it up. Uh, we actually met at a church, and I didn't know that that was the friend that she was trying to hook me up mm-hmm. with. And um, the way that it happened, the guy that was uh, singing that night, he was like, we, in the black church, we do this thing where it's like, turn to your neighbor and grab their hand. So I turned and my neighbor was her. 
And I grabbed her hand and he said, now tell them after this night, you'll never see me the same way again. Mm. And we both said that. And it was like crazy after that. And meant I to be to, almost. Yeah, it was meant to be. But she kind of shied away from me. She gave me an Instagram instead of the number. Oh. So I had to slide in the DM. Yeah, yeah. I never <laughs> met her before. You know? But, um, you know, one thing led to another. And one night we had this conversation where. We were just on the phone all night talking about life and how mm. similar we were. Both of our grandmothers were in the church and um, our fathers were in the church. Our parents were doing different things. Um, she liked some of the same things I liked, same, some of the same music. And it didn't take long. Uh, we dated for probably six months after being best friends for a little while. And, you know, once we knew, we knew. Mm. It's not hard to tell once you know that one, you know. Yeah. Dang, that's cool though. <laughs> Were you kind of scared though? Like, I'm still that... scared. I'm still yeah. scared because it's a it's a continuous fight. You know, it's it it's a it's always a battle to stay committed to something, stay committed to one thing. You know, it takes a lot of drive and motivation to continue to fight and continue to say yes because um, anything in life that you really want and you want to stay committed to is going to take a lot out of you. You know, and I feel like that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize about marriage and relationships in general. In order to stay in something for a long time, you got to take it takes commitment. It takes everything that you have. And that's part of the reason why I moved from Texas to come out here with nothing, because I'm giving everything I got. You know, I have to in order to make this work, I have to completely die to myself and what I believe and make this happen. Do you believe in death till death do its part? I do. do. I don't believe in divorce. Um, I don't talk about divorce with my wife. It's a bad you know, word. It's a bad word. The D word. The idea of it is pretty bad, you know, yeah. because if you open that door, it's like you open it up to a possibility, you know, and mm-hmm. that's not what you want to do. So, yeah. what does that mean? Till till death, what? Till death do us part. So, like, even when if your spouse dies, like you. So got to stay loyal to him pretty much. Well, death do us part is a part of the vow. So, you know, after death does you part, well, you, you guys do part ways, you yeah. know? So it's, it depends on who it is. Do you want to stay loyal to this person? Do you want to remarry? Some people decide to remarry, but um, according to what we believe, that's the only way for us to remarry. So if we were to get a divorce, then I wouldn't remarry. And she's also made that commitment as well. She wouldn't remarry as long as she's alive. Because we met our soulmate and, you know, if we decide to separate, that's what it was. We were married and that's what it is. I got my wife and I know who she is. So even if we do divorce, that's my one. You're using it, man. You're using the D word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hate to say it, man, because it's, it's pretty bad. You know, I don't like to open up possibilities to negative things. I don't like to speak those things over my life. So, yeah, you know. It's like a spell almost. Yeah. Uh, what they call a word curse, but that's a whole different lesson. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, how do you guys incorporate your faith into your marriage? So, um, anytime you think about it, you can think about it like when you were a kid, you would draw a house, you do a roof, and then you have the two sides. Mm-hmm. The roof in our marriage is God, and then the thing holding it, you know, holding on to the roof, honestly, because we're holding on to God, uh, is us, and then on the uh, base of it is, you know, our children and then everything else that goes along with the house. That's the way we think of it. God is the covering. God is the 
the center thing for a house because anytime you have a house if you don't have a roof you don't have anything to cover it it's just something that's just there maybe a shed anything can come in you know um any anything can go on it can burn down but if you have the right roof it keeps you from storms it keeps you from bad weather keeps you away from anything that may be happening some people like to have leaves in their house i don't you know yeah. i don't like to have dirt i don't like to have contaminants so i keep that covering what's, what's dirty though and oh, leaves. so what could ooh, that be man we going in tonight. <laughs> uh, dirt or contaminant will be the negative things that I, we just talked about i don't mm -hmm. like to have any negativity around me as a person i'm not confrontational you know um i don't like to have outside sources for different pleasures mm -hmm. if you guys get what, yeah, I'm, yeah. what i'm saying yeah i don't like to to have that i like for things to be genuine and to be pure and i like for it to be me and my wife agreeing together so okay how do you guys keep that that love lit or like oh, on fire you guys have like, like yeah like day nights once per week twice per week yeah uh well it's not necessarily on the schedule because we do work a lot but mm -hmm. it takes you know some commitment to different things like uh whether you know like we said a date night or uh if we go just see a movie something like that or we watch a movie together those are the things that you have to do to kind of keep that spark it's just you you never stop dating her once you get married doesn't mean that you're locked in and there's no commitment you have to keep dating her and that's what my big brother always told me you know he kind of got married after me but you know to be in a functional marriage you have to keep that that spark lit yeah be like how you just first met her the first day yeah man yeah you can't I mean, can't necessarily see her differently. You have to see it as I'm still trying to get this girl. Yeah, you know? yeah. I met still this guy that that's, <laughs> that started doing this thing with his wife, where every seven days it's a it's a small date. Mm. Seven weeks is a small getaway, so like mm. city, maybe a, a night out, you know. And then every seven months is a is a vacation. So I was like, eh, that's pretty cool. Like you know, you get to travel twice a year, roughly. Yeah. And then you're going out a good amount, like to where it's not a lot, you know, mm -hmm. but you're still getting that connection too. Yeah, you know? and you're being intentional about it. That's yeah. one of the things that um, our mentors talk to us about in marriage counseling. You have to be intentional. You have to find ways that showing your partner, I am doing something to make sure that you know that I love you and you know that I'm still committed to this, you know, whether it's buying a small gift or just saying, giving compliments being intentional about it is what helps you to stay in it yeah yeah same like for me like me and my girlfriend i see her well like twice per week but i see her on saturdays too to work out mm. so i see her on wednesday like at 5 p.m ish and then we got to you know go hang out then on thursday she comes to me and then we go out you know go out to you again hang out then on saturday after work I'm off like at eight, and then she's off like at six, and then and then we go work out like nine ish. So yeah, yeah. Man. I saw we work it out because like during the week I'm busy with school, the podcast, my business. So it's like hard to balance everything out. So that's why I tell her like I'll see you twice a week during the week at mm -hmm. this time. So like it's set already. Yeah, and it's something that you can commit to. Yeah, exactly. Know? Starting small is good. Never decide despise small beginnings. Yeah. Because small beginnings can grow into something great. Yeah. Oh, you're deep, bro. Dude, he is. <laughs> He's a preacher, man. Yeah, I am, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Any, anything else? No. Why you guys here? Questions? All good, man. I enjoyed myself. Thank you guys for having yeah. me on. This yeah. is dope. Really good podcast. I'm happy to be able to talk about some things. Uh, I will plug myself in here while I got yeah. the yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh I do have Lessendary Memoirs, which is the podcast that I just started. Um, also on Instagram at Isaiah Hitchens, if anybody wants to follow me, uh, connect with me, do some work, whatever it is you want to do, just let me know. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm excited to connect and keep working. And then your book was called Living in the ING? Living in the ING, the for continuous sure. fight for It's on Amazon. Only $4. Amazon. Go buy 15 copies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. That's us signing out. I, I, I appreciate everybody tapping into our first uh, YouTube podcast. So that was dope. Um, it's only the beginning. And we got Isaiah to help us out for a little bit, help us produce everything. So it's going to be fire, man. It's going to be a good year. So. Yep. Appreciate everybody and stay dialed. Stay dialed.